Hey, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're joining in the world. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Mr. Brian Tracy on the show. Brian is the CEO of Brian Tracy International that he formed in 1984. He has more than 30, more than 30 years of writing and speaking on the topics of economics, business, sales, history, psychology, and many other topics. He's the best-selling author of more than 80 books translated into dozens of languages. More than He has more than 300 audio and video learning programs. He's spoken and speaks and trains to corporations and public audiences all over the world, speaks four different languages, has worked in 107 different countries on six different continents. He's happily married to his wife, Barbara, has four children, and today he is joining us from Solana Beach, California. If you will, share this out. Stay with us. We will be right back with the one and only Mr. Brian Tracy. Let me bring Brian on. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. It's a, it's a real honor to be with you. I'm, I'm so impressed with what you accomplished. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I am. I, I didn't sleep last night, just so you know. <laughs> you're, you're, so I don't know if you know this or not, but you are literally the reason that my life changed many, many years ago. I started... I have it right here. I started listening to the psychology of success and the psychology of sales and spent thousands and thousands of hours listening to you in my car driving all over the state of Ohio. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm I'm greatly honored. I uh, made that program with Nightingale Conant Corporation in the 80s, yeah. and uh, it has been very helpful. It's gone worldwide. It's in 53 languages. And um, many people have changed their entire lives by simply changing direction. You hear things that you've never heard before. You yeah. think of things you've never thought of before. And you look back and you realize as we go down the road of life, we, we occasionally take a turn. And that turn takes us on and we never come back. There's a wonderful poem by Robert Frost. And where, where he said, and knowing how road leads on to road, I doubted if I should ever return. And he's talking about two roads in a wood um, that uh, that he met. And he took one road, which he said, this, this road uh, looked uh, as, the, as though it had been very um, busily used. But this other road had not been used very much. And so most people take the uh, the familiar road. He said, I took the unfamiliar road. He said, and that has made all the difference. And it's a wonderful, yeah. what I call the road less traveled. And yeah. he became the poet laureate of the United States. And for several poems that he wrote, 
And that was one of them that you uh, that you never forget. I took a different path than other people took. That's that's kind of been the the story of my life. <laughs> I was I I can remember and and this I, I'm kind of going off the normal way that I do the show, but you know I remember when I first got into sales. I you know and you talk about this in some of your programs. I I was like I'm gonna go out. I'll be a millionaire in the first six months, and I'll retire by the time I'm thirty. And 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 it <laughs> it took about about a month of 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 not making any money <laughs> and i was right. like okay i better figure this out and that's when i started investing in your programs and your 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 teachings and 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 of course zig and and others but it it i'm telling you brian it really changed the trajectory of my life so so this this you know this show is really it's all about i started this almost four years ago um and it's all about helping people have a breakthrough in life and i think you know, um, everybody hits those walls in life and, and they can't break through. They get stuck. So yeah. let's start with, you know, just tell everybody, if you would, briefly, um, whereabouts you were born and raised. Well, I was born in Prince Edward Island in Canada uh, during the war. My father was in the Canadian Army and um, he was sent to uh, the... Um, uh, this is the island, and they, I guess they took care of flights and ships going across the Atlantic to supply the, um, uh, the, the war effort. And so that's where I was born. And two months after I was born, my parents moved to Toronto, and eight years later, they moved to Southern California. And so I grew up in Southern California, and when I was 16, they moved back uh, to uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, I finished my high school in Vancouver, and then uh, it's an interesting thing. I began to read uh, about people, and I found that the things that you read when you're young have an inordinate influence on what you do when you grow up. And I read about successful people. I read about adventurers. I read about um, uh, people who had accomplished tremendous things. I read about adventurers and, and successful people, and what happens is it sort of directs you. And when I was 20, I went off to see the world and I didn't come back for eight years. Uh, for eight years, I traveled. I worked on a ship across the Atlantic. I traveled across the Sahara Desert and all through Africa. I traveled all over the Middle East and then India and China. And uh, it was the most amazing experience. And, and you, you'll know is is it's not any big thing. It's just surviving. It's just surviving. <laughs> It's just, you know, that song, stay alive, stay alive, <laughs> you just stay alive right. and, uh, and you, you get a job. And the only thing I could get was uh, either laboring. When I was 23 years old, I was an itinerant farm laborer and an itinerant farm laborer is someone who works on the farm during the harvest and okay. you sleep on the hay of the farmer's barn. You get up before sunrise, you eat with the farmer's family, you get out to the fields before the sun comes up and then you just work all day to get the crop in before the first frost. And that's what I did. And at the end of the harvest, uh, they laid everybody off. And, and, and how, old were, how old were you? Well, at this time I was about 23, Wow, 24 years old. And, uh, and then I found that where I was, I was in a third world country is I couldn't get a job 
uh, working on a farm because there are too many other people who would do it for less. And so uh, I got a job in sales. And, wow. and, the, and the job in sales was knocking on doors uh, every day, knocking on doors. And I just just barely survived. It was like holding on by your fingernails. And to get up first thing in the morning, I, I had one room in a little boarding house. And I'd get up first thing in the morning and I'd go out and I'd selling a little cheap product. And I'd go from door to door selling this product, $20. And I sometimes would go two, three days without making a sale. And uh, I, I, I lost something like 15 pounds during my first six months in door-to-door sales. I say the, the very best way, the best weight loss product or, or program in the world is to go out selling without training. <laughs> you know, I, here's something that you you didn't didn't experience. So when I when I started, it was door to door. I was going door to door, business to business, knocking yeah. on doors, having yeah. secretaries yell at me and throw me out, and 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 so so I had enough rejection that I would go. You know, instead of knocking on doors, I'm going to go listen to more Brian Tracy. <laughs> and I'd sit in my car listening to you instead of doing what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Well, I've had, I've had many people who've transformed their lives by sitting in their car yeah. and listening to this stuff and then having an aha, yep. an aha moment. And sometimes just one insight, one idea. I had this neat guy wrote me an email uh, and he said that he was selling telephones on a table in a super in a shopping center and he wasn't making any sales. He wasn't making any sales. And finally he went down to the bookstore and he found a book called the psychology of selling. And it was by me. And so he bought the book and he began to read it. And he had one of those aha moments and one of the most important things that I teach, surprisingly enough, is I teach this to say to yourself a uh, hundred times a day, I like myself. I like myself. You remember that? Oh, I, yeah. I like myself. I like myself. I like myself. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing because it's, it, it, it sort of motivates you and, and gets you pumped. So he started to say, and he'd sit in his car. And he'd say, I like myself. I like myself in the parking lot. And then people would come, come fast on the way into the shopping center. They look at him and he's sitting there pumping himself up. I like myself. I like myself. And when he felt he was pumped up enough, he would go in to his table and he would begin to sell. He said his sales transformed. He went from basically struggling and starving. He became the top salesman in his company. He became a sales manager, a sales supervisor. He started his own business. And uh, he said it was absolutely amazing. What you say to yourself and believe has the greatest impact of all. What you say to yourself and believe. I like myself. I like myself. I like my. Another thing, and I practice this with my kids, is keep saying, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. It's so important. I can do it. And you start to believe it. And then you reach your, your self-confidence goes higher and higher. And you like yourself. We, in psychology, there's a critical factor, and it's called your, your self-concept. Your self-concept is how you think about yourself. And how you think about yourself on the inside 
determines everything that you do on the outside. So when you say to yourself, and and the, the critical part of this is your self-esteem. Your self-esteem is how much you like yourself. And so you keep saying, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself. And the most amazing thing is your self-confidence goes up. You become more positive. You like yourself more. You have more energy. It's the most wonderful thing. Successful yeah. people like themselves and believe in themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, you and I have something else in common. I, I didn't graduate from high school and, and I can remember, I can remember for years, I, I felt so insecure about that. And, and I, until I started hiring college graduates, <laughs> that's terrible. I should, but like I, I started hiring college graduates to sell in my company and I was like, what in the world? What are they teaching you in these universities? So, um, you know, I, I, I quickly got over that. And, and uh, you know, I'm curious, what, at what point was it that you said, I I'm going to get into psychology and really start teaching? Because that's what you teach. You teach the psychology of selling. And, and where, how did you get past that? that that um imposter syndrome to that point yes well it, it, when you start talking to yourself in a positive way and start reading in a positive way uh we could talk all day as you know i've not i have not produced 300 success programs i've produced more than a thousand i've written 91 books in 50 in 53 languages and um Wow. Each one of them is very, very exhaustively researched. I spend hundreds, I, I, I reckon, without exaggerating, I've invested 150,000 hours studying the psychology of success. And so what I do is I just read and take notes and read and take notes. And when I finally reach a critical mass, then I write a book. And so my books, as you, as you know, are loaded with practical ideas. They're practical, they're sensible, they're organized. So people ask me, how can I be more successful? And I've designed or developed what I call a golden triangle of success for our listeners today. And it has three parts or three points of the triangle. The first part of the triangle is self-responsibility. Self-responsibility. This is okay. the turning point in the life of leaders. Right. Leaders accept responsibility. They accept that if it's to be, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. And so the starting point, the turning point in people's lives is when they say, I am responsible for my own life. Everything mm -hmm. that I'm going to accomplish is up to me. I remember I was uh, sitting in a little apartment, had two rooms. One room had a, uh, a bed that opened up, like actually a couch that opened up into a bed, had a little bathroom, had a little be uh, bedroom, a little, a little kitchen. And I was sitting there in the winter, it was 35, minus 35 degrees, middle of the winter. And I had no money, I had nothing. I was working on a construction job. I'd have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and take buses across town to my construction job. And then I'd work all day on construction and I'd take buses all the way back. And I'm sitting there, I'm earning just enough to live. And I remember this, I, as I'm talking to you, I can see it, is that uh, this is my life. This is my life. My life is not going to change unless I change. And so I realized I am responsible for my own life. And it was a turning point for me. 
I was never the same after that. And then the I was working on a construction job at a shopping center, and downstairs there was a bookstore. So I went down to that bookstore and I started buying books. I bought a book on I still remember I bought a book on abnormal psychology. What a, what an earth do you read? I was a high school dropout as well. What an earth do you do you read about? But I started to read and I just read eclectically. Uh, this and that and other things. So the first point is accept responsibility. And you'll find that all negative emotions, all negativity comes from blaming someone else for something in your life that you're not happy about. And so you'll find that, and, and there's a really great psychologist, they say basically you are a child until you accept responsibility. When you accept responsibility, you cross a line, you step over, and now you become an adult. So wow. whatever happens, you just say, I am responsible. I am responsible. And people say, well, well, what if somebody drives into your car in the parking lot? Uh, you're not responsible. You are responsible for your response. And this is one of the great discoveries in psychology. You may not have driven into your car, but you are responsible for your response. What Do you, do you get angry? Do you get depressed? Do you, you, you run after you? Be cool, be yeah. cool. Like in the um, uh, the uh, the movie in the play um, West Side Story. Be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> and so and so successful people accept responsibility for their lives. The second yeah. part of the triangle, and this was a major turning point in my life, is goals. And setting goals is a miracle. And there's a special way to set goals. And I will just. Give me a minute to you know, just share it with our friends. Yeah, please. The critical thing about goals is that it must be in writing. They yeah. must be in writing. And write, write them down, write them down, write them down. Yeah. So what I do is I used to have, here we go. I used to have a. Um... Uh-oh. I think he may have hit a button on the computer. He'll be back. Stay with us. I think he, I was sitting here taking notes and, and he laid that thing down and it looks like he hit a button and disappeared. He'll be back. Give him, give him just a second here. Wow. 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 Already just, here he is. Here he is. He's back. There you are. There you are. All right. Okay. And so again, I, I read, I've read about 6,000 books in my lifetime. And one day I read a book and it says you have to you have to have goals and they have to be in writing. So what I did is I went out and got uh, a pad, a, a writing pad. Yep. It costs a dollar fifty-nine. I, I say, uh, go out and buy this pad and then write down ten goals that you'd like to achieve in the next twelve months. Don't write goals for twenty-five years because they have no motive power. So right. Yeah, and just say. 10 goals that I like to achieve in the next 10 years. Write a date and write down your 10 goals. Now, the critical thing about goals is you write them in the present tense as though they are already a reality. You don't say, I will earn, because the subconscious mind cannot deal with anything except the present tense. So you say, I earn X number of dollars. I weigh X number of pounds. I exercise X number of uh, minutes and so on. So mm -hmm. always write them in the present tense. Then in your subconscious mind, you create what is called a cognitive dissonance, which is like two symbols clashing together. Your subconscious mind 
says, wait a minute, you, you, you're not earning that kind of money. And you just keep saying, I earn this amount, I earn this amount. And your subconscious mind says, says, okay. And it begins to see, and you, everybody's read about the law of attraction. What yeah. happens, what happens is when you write down a goal that is inconsistent with your current reality, your subconscious mind goes to work to attract into your life everything you need to achieve the goal. And it's almost a miracle. So I was living in this little one-room place, sleeping on the floor of a friend's one-room place. And, and I said, I, uh, it was a magazine. And it said, if you want to be successful, you got to have goals. And they have to be in writing. And I said, okay. So I wrote down 10 goals. And I very quickly lost a piece of paper. But in the next 30 days, my life changed forever. I was never the same. I still remember within 30 days, my income had doubled. I was losing weight. I had more confidence. I was working every single day. Um, things change. So it's a miracle. I said the key, the key to success is you need a goal and you need a pen. And, and, and it's an interesting thing is when you write a goal down in the present tense as though it were already true, is it's like programming it into your subconscious mind. It's, 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 like, program, it's, it's like computer programming. You write it in. And then your subconscious mind goes to work on it 24 hours a day. And yep. it's the most amazing darn thing. And within a month, my life had changed. And I started to study goal setting. And I've written a book on goals, which is now in 40, 50 languages. And it changed people's lives. Have you seen, have you seen my book on goals? Oh, wonderful. That's I have the, I have two copies of it, actually. Wonderful. It's the best-selling book on goals in the world in yep. multiple languages. Now, for our friends here, if you go to briantracy.com, there is a complete goal-setting process. And so I'm not going to explain here, but you go there and it's free. Just go there and download it and, and follow the instructions and it'll change your life. And I know because I have a steady stream of emails and, and they all say the same thing. They say, you changed my life. You made me rich. You changed yeah. my life. You made me rich. I've heard that so many times. It's almost, it's almost like a joke. You but it, you know, here's the and and so, you know, I think about the all the 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 teachings that you've done, and I've absorbed, and and the sitting in my car listening to you when I should have been knocking on doors. Um, but you know, and and that brings up a topic of there are people in this world. And I, I, I don't want to be negative in any way because I, I, I'm not negative. But there are people in this world that could hear this message 500 times and they still leave this world never having written down their goals, never having done any of the affirmations that you're talking about. Yes. They go on and die eventually with their dreams still buried inside of them. And, and so how do you get is it possible to get people to change and start doing the work? Well, you can't, you, you cannot change people it is, is one of the things that I've learned is that people don't change. It's one of the great rules of life. People get into relationships and they think that, uh, well, I'll, I'll work with this person and they will become different. And the rule is people don't change except if they decide to change, yeah. if they decide to change and they work on themselves. For example, when I was when I was young, I was thin, 
And, and, and I remember a friend of my mother's saying, Brian is so slender, slender. Can you imagine? I, I still, to this day, I think slender. Anyway, I went to a new high school and the guy in front of me, his name was Tom. He, uh, he said, uh, would you like to come and, and work out with us? And there's three guys and they had uh, weights set up in his, in his basement. And they went up there almost every night after school and lifted weights. And so I said, sure. And I went up there and lifted weights. And I went from about 155, 60 pounds to 185 pounds and all muscle. And once I had it, I never lost it. And so is it possible? Yes, you can do it, but it's not easy. This is something else. People think, well, there should, there should be some trick or some some easy. No, it's not easy. Success is hard. It requires hard work. And and how how hard? Very hard. And and so uh, I just learned that is be prepared to put in the hard work. And you found in sales that selling is hard work. But here's the critical thing. Number number, number one is uh, accept responsibility. Don't make excuses. Number two is set goals and write them down. Now, here's the key is write your goals down every day without referring back to the previous day. This is not a copy book. You write them down every day. You turn the page and write them down again in the present tense. I earn this amount of money. I weigh this. I do this. I sell this. Write it down. Write down your 10 goals every day. And if you can do that for 30 days, one month, it will change your life. You'll never be the same again. And I've taught this now for, for decades. I've taught this. I practiced it myself. And it makes people rich. They, can't, they cannot believe it because what they do in writing, they reprogram their whole subconscious mind. And there is a, there is a factor that most people don't know about, but you do. And it's called the superconscious mind. And the superconscious mind is a great mental power that is available to everyone. And so it's sort of like it's it's out there. And when yeah. you set when you set a goal, the superconscious mind works 24 hours a day to bring your goal into your life. And it's the most miraculous thing. And, and it brings you your goal at exactly the right time for you. No fact, no earlier, no later. It's exactly the right time for you. And it's a miracle. It's the most amazing. I'll give you something, an example. I learned this in terms of relationships is everybody wants to have a perfect relationship. So I say, all right, write down and describe the perfect person for you. Just write it down as many things as you can write it down. And I remember doing that. And I wrote down a list of 42 things that I wanted in the perfect person for me. And uh, what happens is you set up this force field of energy in the universe and that perfect person walks up to you on a bus stop or uh, in a party or uh, they have a flat tire or something like that. As soon as you set a goal, the whole universe goes to work to bring the goal to you. So um, when I met my wife, she was um, taking uh, graduate courses at the university and uh, just conversation and having coffee. And she said, well, how do you find the right person? I said, well, you just take a piece of paper and write down a description and keep writing. Every time you get a new idea, add it on and so on. And until you can't think of anything else. And then 
don't worry about it. And so she came, she said to, to me uh, about two or three months later, she said, I'd like to um, uh, talk to you if you have a few minutes to spare. I said, sure, because we were friends from the university. Yeah. So she came over and she said, I, I followed your advice. And uh, I said, yes. She said, I, I wrote everything down, as you told me. And I discovered exactly what I wanted in life. And I said, well, that's great. I said, uh, what was it? He said, it's it's you. And she, I said, me? She said, yeah, it's you. It's, it, it's your, you're the perfect person for me. Wow. And, and, and I was, I still remember I was shocked. And I said, well, um, and I was a young bachelor at the time. And bachelors only think about one thing. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so I'm thinking, well, this, 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 looks good. this sounds good and everything else. But then that, that, that immediately fell away. And we sat and talked for about three hours. And we've been together ever since. And we, wow. have, we have four beautiful children. We have eight grandchildren. Um, Barbara is the most uh, wonderful person I've ever met in my whole life. Wow. It, and and uh, it was just perfect because I wrote down. And then later on, she, she said, let me show you my list. And uh, I'll, I'll show you my list. So we both put the lists down and our lists were matching lists. It's my list, wow. her list, and her list matches my list. So if you want to meet the perfect person, our friends who are listening today, yeah, is the only way you can know it is by writing it down because that clarifies it in your mind. So you just write it down in the characteristics that the perfect person has. Yeah, and that's all. And you don't have to do anything more than that. Is you then just take a deep breath, and the perfect person will walk into your life at exactly the right time. And I know because I've given this advice for years all over the world, and I've never had a failure. I've never had somebody say it didn't work. They say, <laughs> oh, my God, it worked. It you know, works. I've been working in this company with this person for three years, and then I wrote it all down, and I looked up, and I realized, oh, my God, it's her or it's wow. him. Yeah. And, and, and you take the list, and you say, here, here, here's my list of the perfect person for me, and they're together for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful thing. Now, if you want to be wealthy, you want to be wealthy, well, write it down. And if you want to have a great life, write it down. What would be in your life? Your home, your car, uh, your skill, your average income, uh, marriage, children, everything else. I always say, write it down, write it down, write it down. There's a, there's a, there's a. It's uh, true though. But it works. It, it works. works. No, uh, and, and people don't, I mean, there will be people that watch this, listen to this, and they'll go on about their day and never write it down. Yeah. <laughs> and it it's makes true. me crazy. Well, I uh, one of my favorite movies is the movie Patton, starring George C. Scott. Yeah, and um, you know Patton, uh, well, his first breakthrough as a gr great general, and he was the number one general on the American side. He was the one general that the um, the Germans feared more than anything else, and uh, he was very controversial because he was very aggressive. Anyway, he's le he's leading the um, American army into a battle against the a German army in uh, North Africa. And the German army comes in and they're led by, led by Rommel. And Rommel was a fantastic general and he had defeated everyone that ever come up against him. So here's Patton and he's got the American army 
and then there's Rommel's army. And uh, he's sitting there and he's watching the armies. He's watching the battle and the battle is going back and forth. And then the Germans start to retreat and start to retreat and start to retreat. And then he says, and, 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 and he says, Rommel, you magnificent bastard. He said, I read your book. I read your book. <laughs> and and I, I never forgot that. You can read one book. And it will change your life. Yeah, I, I've written a book. It's called um, Maximum Achievement. Yeah. Maximum Achievement. And many people say it's the best book on success ever written. It's actually much, much better than uh, the psychology of success. It's called Maximum Achievement. And I have met, uh, just as a matter of fact, I just had uh, lunch with a uh, multi-billionaire uh, a couple of days ago. And he uh, read my book. And he became rich, and I mean, and, and very rich. And around the world, I go and I have lunch and dinner and so on with multi-billionaires who say to me, "I read your book; <laughs> it made me rich." And uh, because yeah. the, because psychology of achievement explains exactly how you can design your mind, your thoughts, your goals, and so on, and you suddenly begin to achieve things at a level you never thought possible. So it's there. It's there. Wonderful, wonderfully enough, it, it wasn't there 100 years ago, 50 years ago. But these ideas are here now. Debbie, Debbie asks a great question that I was planning to ask. What is your favorite book that you've written? And it is Maximum Achievement. Is it? Yeah. And, and, and I was uh, approached by Nightingale Conant Corporation just at the time that the audio cassette business was taking off. And they said, would you do a program for us? And I said, yes, and I would do this program. And they called it the Psychology of Achievement. And we released it. And it went explosive. It became the best-selling audio program on success in history, worldwide. Wow. And then afterwards, they said, could you do a second program for us? We like to do one program each year on selling. And I said, well, I've been in sales for 20 years. I'll do a program. We'll call it the psychology of selling. And so I did the psychology of selling. And it became the best-selling audio program. Yes, it, as a book, as an audio program, more people have become rich and retired as millionaires after listening to that program than any other single sales influence. Some of the biggest and best companies in the world use this as their foundation training. And yeah. Someone, Alan, thank you, Alan, many miles to go. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. He says, my favorite book is many miles to go. That is a book I wrote about my travels. I went off to see the world at the age of 20. I crossed uh, Canada and worked on a ship across the Atlantic. Uh, I rode a bicycle uh, down to um, Gibraltar, uh, sold the bicycles and bought a Land Rover. And we were out of money or always out of money. We're always selling anything <laughs> to get money. And uh, we got in this Land Rover and we set off across the Atlantic, the, the, wow. the, Sahara, uh, the Sahara Desert. And it was the most amazing damn thing. We almost died. I mean, if, if, if Alan if just called in, Alan, that was an amazing experience. We had 500 miles without a blade of grass, without a blade of grass in a, oh in a, in a, in a beat to hell Land Rover. They kept breaking down, and we went with a bunch of German uh, guys our own age, 
and they were in a German, uh, we call it a folks bus. And, and, and their car broke down. Finally, we, we just got to the other side of the desert and survived. But we almost all died. Uh, it was the most, the most amazing damn thing. And uh, so, and that's many miles to go. Well, I wrote this book, Many Miles to Go, and unfortunately, the, the publishers did a terrible job with it. But it became a bestseller all over the world. But wow. Not, but not in the U.S. However, it is available. You can still, you can still get it. And it wow. just talks about how I went from Vancouver, British Columbia, all the way across the Sahara. And uh, people are saying, and, I, and at the end, of it, it, it stops on the other side of the Sahara. And for years, people have been said, well, where's the part to Johannesburg? It's another two or 3,000 miles across Africa to Johannesburg. And I've already written it. I keep sitting there. I should, I've got to write this into a book. Because many miles to go, I would be, it's going to be called, many miles to go, the journey continues. The journey That's continues. And uh, so I, anyway, so I spent wow. years uh, traveling all over the world from there. I traveled all over Africa. I traveled from London all the way to Singapore by land. Uh, I traveled from Vancouver all the way to um, uh, South America uh, by land. It was, I've, I've done, <laughs> anyway. Uh, wow. I, yeah. You have seen some interesting things then. I survived. I didn't die. Right. <laughs> That is so funny. Here's the most important thing, though, is the key to getting across the Sahara Desert and all the way to Johannesburg was a goal. you got to have a goal. Now, the third part of the golden triangle of success, the first part is accept responsibility. I am responsible yep. for my own life. Everything I accomplish is up to me. Number two is set goals and write them down clearly. When, and once you've written them down, by all means, study, uh, learn. But the third key is continuous learning, continuous learning. And yeah. this is the transition, but it doesn't matter where you're coming from. The only thing that matters is where you're going. Yep. And where you're going is study uh, your subject. If you study the subject of selling, there's nothing that can stop you from becoming successful at selling. Law, medicine, anything, just study your subject. Become a lifelong student. I'm now 78 years old, believe it or not. Happy belated birthday. I know you just had one in the 5th, right? Yeah, January 5th. Yeah. And, and I say, and I still study two to three hours a day. Two to three hours a day. You see behind me, this is my library. I've got books and books. You can't see what's on the on the floor, but there's books on the floor. There's books everywhere. Um, and there's books throughout my house. I just, I can't, I, I'm, I'm addicted to, to books. I can't, yeah. I can't not read books. <laughs> and, and it's the same thing. If you want to be, if you want to be successful, if you want to be rich, read and learn how. Who's, and, who, who do you think, and this is a great question from Daryl, who was Brian's most influential person that he learned the most from? Well, let me give you three answers to that. The, the, the most important person in my intellectual life was yeah. a man named Ludwig von Mises. And Ludwig von Mises was a... Uh, this, this was sent to me as, as a gift. It's called the, the best 
of Ludwig von Mises. Ludwig von Mises was a, an Austrian um, economist, and everybody who reads von Mises changes forever. And what he did is he explained how economies work. He explained how wealth is created. He explained how countries become rich and poor and so on. And he had enormous influence on um, the, the, not von Mises, but uh, Frederick von Hayek. Frederick yeah. von Hayek won a Nobel Prize in economics as a student of von Mises. And if I could say, read one book that will help you to understand the way the world works, read Ludwig von Mises. Try this, um, the best of Ludwig von Mises. Now, the first book I got, I joined the conservative book club uh, out of a uh, magazine, uh -huh. and they sent, they sent me a free copy of a book called Human Action. And Human Action was von Mises' book that explained how human beings act. And so I got it, and it was a big book, huge book, 780 pages. And wow. I carried it around with me, and one day I was in a motel room on a business trip, and uh, the television was broken, so I started reading this book, and I died and went to heaven. It was the most brilliant piece of writing. Everybody's ever read it is the most brilliant piece of writing. And it's called um, for Human Action, is how and why human beings behave the way they do, and how this affects the economy, how this affects our world, and how it affects success, freedom, everything else. So that would be my first one there. My second is wow. a great influence was a, a man named Emmett Fox. And M. Fox was a spiritual writer. He died in 1941. And he wrote a book called The Sermon on the Mount. And everybody who ever reads The Sermon on the Mount is never the same again. It's so beautiful. He explains spirituality in such a beautiful way that you just love it. It's just so good. Uh, so I would suggest Emmett Fox, E-M-M-E-T, F-O-X-X, Mehmet uh, Fox. And then uh, the third great influence for me, I'm just trying to think in terms of success, would probably be Napoleon Hill, who wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. It's, and it was the, the great book that um, changed the lives of millions of people. And my goal was to write the next book, not a different book, but the next book. He wrote his book back in the 30s during the Depression. I wrote my book in the 90s. And so my book, according to millions of people, is takes it to the next level. And it's called Maximum Achievement. That's my favorite book of my own. Wow. But the other one, I would say, had a great influence on me was uh, Think and Grow Rich. And that's the book for success, earnings, money, growth, everything. But my, but, but my work is actually superior. Um, what, and, and Siraj asks a question, what, what's more important, action or discipline? <clears throat> um, I, I'm curious what your answer is on that one. Action or discipline? Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that because Napoleon Hill wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich, and then he wrote other books. Uh, but that was the book that he's remembered by. And then some years later, he wrote a book called The Master Key to Riches. And The Master Key to Riches is a great book. And it has uh, 12 chapters, 
just 300 pages. And in each chapter, he talks about the keys to success. And he keeps doing this all the way through. He said, and you will, you will soon see the master key to riches. Is the master key to riches will soon be revealed to you. And he just kept sort of teasing the reader. And he came to the last paragraph of the last chapter is the master key to riches is self-discipline. And I wrote uh, books on it. Uh, I have taught on it. Self-discipline is the most important skill. With with self-discipline, you can do anything. And without self-discipline, you, you can't do anything. So self-discipline is important for action. Is you, yeah. you, you will not take action unless you have the discipline to force yourself. I remember there was a, a great writer um, who went down on the Lusitania, uh, by the way, and his, his name had come to me in a second. Anyway, he was asked, what is self-discipline? He said, self-discipline is the ability to make yourself do what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. And it is the most important quality of all for success is to force yourself to do it, even if you don't feel like it. What he said was that anybody can do it if they feel like it. It's when you don't feel like it and you force yourself to get up in the morning and to exercise and to drive all day long and yeah. to study and to upgrade your skills. This is the mark of the superior person. There, there's this young man right here, Luke Aberley. He's he's in Canada. His his father is Troy, and they're they're both in my um, my mastermind group. Luke is 13 years old, and this kid asks the most brilliant questions. Brian, yeah. um, he says, "What was your biggest aha moment?" My biggest. I just told you. Thank you. But my biggest aha moment, and I've had several. But it was in sitting in that little crummy kitchen in my little apartment, cold, broke, no future, when I realized that I was responsible for my own life and that everything that was ever going to happen to me was going to be up to me. Nobody was going to do it for me. And I still remember to this day, I can still see the little kitchen. I can see myself sitting there. I can feel the cold outside. And um, I never forgot that. It was the it was the major turning point in my life. I'm do responsible. You think, do you think that was a, a spiritual God thing, like waking you up? It could it could very well have been. Each person, by the way, has these experiences in life. Um, but uh, most people don't listen. You know, the, 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 the bell goes off and they ignore it. And, and in this case, the bell went off and I, I realized and from that day onward, I never deviated from accepting responsibility. Yeah. I put together a seminar called the, um, it's called the Psychology of Achievement, and I began teaching it. And eventually we videotaped it and then we recorded it and we created workbooks and we began to give it all over the world in about 30 different languages. And it starts off with uh, several different principles, but the first major principle is self-responsibility because without it, nothing is possible. And so that's how, that's how I sort of began my career as a speaker is starting off with, you are responsible. Say these words, I am responsible. 
I am responsible. And it's amazing because it's interesting. Everyone in life wants to be happy. They want to be happy. So the opposite of happiness is negativity, is anger. And all anger comes from blaming someone else for something in your life. And the way that you overcome blaming is you cancel like my friend Mark Victor Hansen says, you know, cancel, 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 cancel. <laughs> is you cancel all negativity by saying, I am responsible. I am responsible. No, wait, I am responsible. And you just keep saying that. And you keep encouraging your children to say it. And you encourage your staff to say it. Is don't blame anybody. If, if here's what I learned from uh, studying metaphysics. And some, I've spent hundreds and even thousands of hours on this subject. And what I learned was that everyone wants to be happy. We want to be positive. And the opposite of um, uh, negativity, being positive, is accepting responsibility. It's just saying, I'm responsible. And when you say that, no negativity disappears. So therefore, if you want to be happy, you want to have a great life, accept responsibility. I am responsible. It seems so simple, but I taught this in my seminar all over the world. I taught it in multiple languages. And that was just one principle at the beginning, sort of like the kickoff. People realized I'm responsible. And so from this point onward, don't blame anybody else. It's interesting in politics today is that you have one whole political movement that is only exists because they blame someone else for things that they're not happy about yeah. is if they're blaming they become angry when you stop blaming what what I learned for in metaphysics is that when you stop blaming since nature abhors a vacuum if you stop blaming then the only thing left is positivity is you become a positive person a yeah. totally positive person it's a it's a fabulous experience as soon as you stop blaming, the only thing that's left is positive thinking. Now, when you're positive, you're creative, you're open-minded, you see opportunities, you have more energy, you can hardly wait to get up in the morning. It's a, it's a wonderful experience. You know, I, you've, you've heard this where people are like, you know, you can't just go through life having a positive attitude, but actually you can if you just take responsibility. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's, think of it like this is physical fitness, physical health is the opposite to physical illness. Yeah. So mental health is the opposite to mental illness. So if you accept responsibility for your own life and, 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 and refuse to blame anybody for anything, you just become a positive person. Yeah. And yes, you can. You can be a positive person most of the time. Now, every so often, you're going to have a negative experience. So my friend Charlie Jones used to say, it's not how far you fall uh, that counts, but how fast, uh, but how much you bounce. So always bounce back. Yeah, you have difficulties in life, bounce back. One of the things that that, that I teach is that if you had a negative experience, uh, write down, what did I learn from this experience? I I have a friend who started off poor, didn't go to finish high school and all this stuff. I started a business with two friends uh, and went broke and ended up back living with his mother at the age of 23. 
And uh, he did something just accidentally. He took a piece of paper and he said, what did I learn from this experience starting uh, a business with partners? So people, what did you learn about people? What did you learn about uh, products? What did you learn about money? What did you learn about customers? What did you learn about? And he wrote it all down. And that became his lessons. And every so often he would think of another lesson, write it down, write it down, write it down. And he went out and became a multimillionaire at the age of 53. He retired to a beautiful home in Palm Springs and he plays golf every day. And he said, but the turning point in his life was to take the negative experience and write down everything he learned from that experience and change his life forever. That just that he became his Bible. And when he learned new things, he wrote it down, wrote it down. And when he started a new business, he reviewed all the lessons. And you think, well, that sounds pretty simple. Yes. But if you do that, you move in. Here's an interesting statistic. 3% of adults have written goals and plans to achieve them. 3%. Three. And Harvard University did a study and they interviewed the graduating class of the MBA faculty. Uh, and they asked them, how many of you have written goals and plans to achieve them when you leave the university. And they found that 3% had written goals and plans, about 14%, we see 3% about, we about 15 out of the three, yeah, 17% had goals, but had not written them down. 80% had no goals at all, except to get out of school and spend the summer uh, on vacation. So after they all graduated, 10 years later, they went back and they interviewed them is, how are you doing today? One of the questions they ask is, how much are you worth? How much are you earning? And they found that the people who had goals but had not written them down were earning twice as much as people who didn't have goals at all. But the people who had written down their goals were earning on average 10 times as much as uh, the others. And that means some, and some were earning 20 and 50 and 100 times. But this, just if you if you want to increase your net worth by 10 times, write down your goals. Just write down your goals. I, and, yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is. And I this is something that I talk about a lot and probably learned it from you um, over the years. But, you know, like writing and and Jack Canfield wrote a book with um, uh, Janet Switzer, I think, called The Success Principles. Right. And the very and I bring this up often. The very first chapter is take 100 percent responsibility for everything in your life. I'm like, there's a reason that that's the first chapter. It's the most yeah. important thing you can do. And here you are teaching it in the triangle. And, and, and there's nothing there's nothing you can do until you take responsibility. Amen. Amen. And so, so that's the starting point yeah. that, that puts yeah. you in charge. It puts you as, yeah. as the, as the primary motive force in your own life. You are now the power in your own life. You're responsible. And uh, with my children, I have four children and I practice all these principles on my children. And so whenever we have a problem with my kids, I would say, all right, you are responsible. What are you going to do? You are responsible. What are you going to do? And so they've grown up hearing that. Oh, dad, don't say that again. (laughs) But they've grown up. They've married well people who believe in self-responsibility. 
and they are happy and they're successful. And uh, it's just the most amazing darn thing. But nothing starts as like Jack Canfield, who's a dear, by the way, he's a dear friend of mine. Yeah. Has been for many years. Yeah. Um, but he and I have drunk at the same wells of knowledge and experience. And he's absolutely right. If you yeah. accept responsibility, nothing happens. Now, when you accept responsibility from that time on, you're in charge of your life. And if you have eliminated negative emotions, so the only thing left is positive emotions. So now you have only positive emotions. It's the most wonderful darn thing. It, it really is. My bro my mom is watching, by the way. So, so my brother's on here and he asks a question. Do you ever get to the point where you've arrived? Well, I think that my success is, is a great blessing. And because, and, and, and I've been able to provide my family with a, a wonderful life. Yeah. Um, my family never has to worry about anything. Most important of all is my wife. Um, a good marriage is just an extraordinary thing. And Barbara is an extraordinary person. Uh, and, but you never get to the point where you arrive because you always want to do something more and better. You always want to contribute like you can. You're always thinking in terms of how can I contribute more to other people? What can I do? Is you'll never stop thinking in terms of how you can put more in. How you can put more in is yeah. you, you 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 never never relax. You think, look, I've got look at all the books you have, and the yeah. books I have. Look at all the stuff that you know. Well, I should sh I could share these with other people. It might change their lives, like our conversation today. Yeah, yeah. So if people want to be successful, accept responsibility, and then I say responsibility for what? Well, <laughs> down your goals. Responsibility for achieving these goals, yeah. and how are you going to do it? Is continuous learning. Yeah. Continuous learning opens every door. Continuous think, learning is a miracle. I, I talk about, I, you know, people call me the king of live streaming. I've done over 3,000 live streams and, and I'm always trying to teach something. And I bring it up often that Brian Tracy said in the psycho, I believe it was the psychology of success, um, <clears throat> that if you want to earn more money in life, do more than you're paid for, which is a crazy concept, right? Yeah. But people don't do it. And I've, I've, I used to preach this to, to salespeople that worked for me. And, and I was like, you know, maybe consider doing more than you're paid for and your life will change. You'll make more money. And they hated that. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, did, they did not want to hear it. Like, no, I, just pay me. And, and it's like, you know, people need to grasp that concept. I really believe that. We need to learn how to serve first and help other people by doing more for them. And the rest, the success follows that. Do you agree with that? I'm just trying to, yes. You know, Napoleon Hill uh, had, had, had a whole bunch of one-liners, but one of his one-liners is that always go the extra mile. He said, there's never any traffic on the extra mile. That's right. He said, just, he said, put always do more than you're paid for and you'll always be paid more than you're getting today. Yeah. So instead of looking, come, come in an hour earlier, yep. work through lunch, stay an hour later, work on weekends. And it's astonishing what will happen. Here's an, here's an interesting thing is Aristotle 350 BC 
studied human beings and asked, what is it that people want? And the answer, he calls it the primum movum. The first moving factor in human life is people want to be happy. Yeah, They want to be happy. Everything that people do is to achieve their own happiness. That's the ultimate aim. It's the ultimate motive power of all things that people do is to be happy. The, the question is, did it work? Are you happier? Did you make yourself and other people happier? Now, here's an interesting discovery is that if I share an idea with you that helps you and you tell me, boy, that was a great idea. That makes me happy. That makes it, it you feel happy when you help other people. And so therefore, when you are giving of yourself uh, and people are happy, that's why that's why families are so important. Because when you, when you give to members of your family and you make them happy, you make yourself happy. So the most selfish thing that you can do in the whole world is to help other people to be happy and successful. That's why you and I, in your um, broadcast, and me and my teaching, I've spoken personally to more than 5 million people in more than 5,000 seminars in 84 countries. And, uh, and I, it's funny because I, I've got a, I've got some, I had major surgery on my uh, hip and my back. And uh, so now I can't stand and speak. And so I decided two years ago, well, it's time for me to retire. And it's I was 76. And then, bam, we've got, we've got the uh, pandemic. Yeah. And, got, uh, got, uh, and so I couldn't speak. Um, uh, and, and I thought, well, that's an amazing thing. I decided to retire. And then uh, suddenly there's no more audiences. It's very hard to be a speaker when there's no audiences. <laughs> every room, every audience room in the world was is empty. Yeah. And so I got home and, and I'm sitting there and the phone rings and someone says, Brian, could you do a, a seminar for us on um, crisis management? Well, some years ago, as I told you, I've written 91 books. Yeah. One of the things I discovered in reading uh, Peter Drucker was that crisis management is the most important skill you can have as a leader. Leaders have the ability to function well in a crisis. And so I began to do research and I wrote a series of what I call 21s, 21 great ways to handle a crisis when it occurs. And a crisis is something that is, is comes unbidden, unexpected, um, and uh, we, you cannot prepare for it because it's a completely uh, uh, un, unexpected thing. So I said, okay, so I began to study and I wrote a book on 21 things to do when I call it when the blank hits the fan. Yeah. And my, my publishers say, well, we can't use that word <laughs> on the title of a book. So they, they, they said something, something else. So I wrote the book and somebody obviously did some research on crisis management. And my book basically is the book on crisis management. If you haven't read it, it's, it's a short book, but it's got 21 things to do step by step. And I began teaching it as part of my two day MBA program. Wow. Because the one thing, as, you, as Drucker said, the one thing you're going to have for sure is a crisis. And how you handle a crisis, how you handle an unexpected reversal is the key to your success or failure. 
It's the determining. Yeah. You can have every other skill in the world, but every single person who is a top person in any field got there because when they, you know what hit the fan, they yep. responded effectively. So the phone rings. Person says, "Can you do this seminar for us?" I said, "Well, you know, everything's closed because of the uh, uh, the virus." And he said, "No, no, we'll do it uh, like this. We'll do it online on, on Zoom. Yeah, on Zoom." <clears throat> so I said, "Sure." And uh, I did the seminar on Zoom. And then the phone rang again. I was on that phone. Can you do that for our company? And I've been doing seminars like this. Wow. Day after day, week after week. Um, I'm almost as busy as I was when I was speaking and traveling. And you don't have to stand. (laughs) No. And I don't have to stand. So what what I do is uh, this home, when we wrote down everything we wanted in the perfect home, and this, we found this, it has this beautiful office set apart from uh, the rest of the house. So what I do is I get up, I walk in here, and I talk to you and thousands of other people. I get a seminar for 22,000 people in Russia last week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And, and I've done seminars for, I did a seminar for 15,000 people in Singapore uh, recently. It's because all the person has to do is just, tap in and the wonderful thing is that i have to condense my material and so people can sit and one hour they each, each of these seminars is one hour so yeah. a person can tap into it you can you can actually do it with your iphone yep. you can take it anywhere in the, in the world and yeah. uh, get this all this condensed information and you don't have to travel and you don't have to stay in a hotel and you don't have i think that the entire business of professional speaking is about to be destroyed because the movie, uh, yeah. the movie, movie business is, is really struggling because people like look with uh, uh, Netflix and yeah. you, you can get the best movies in the world uh, in just a matter of a couple of just, weeks after they are released. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy what's happening. I Listen, I know how valuable your time is. Um, I am so genuinely grateful. I want to ask you one last quick question that I ask everybody at the end of the show. Um, I could talk to you all day, by the way, but I, I'm being being respectful of your time. Um, but the the what is in your opinion? And I I have a feeling you've already answered it. So this is a recap. In your opinion, what is the number one thing that is preventing people from having? real financial success and happiness. And I do believe those two things are related because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been homeless and broke and I've been really wealthy yeah. and really wealthy is better. I just, you know, yeah. so what do you think is the number one thing stopping people? Is they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in themselves. And, and so what you have to do is almost like you have to reach into your mind and you have to turn it like a like a gear that is have to, have to turn it and the way that you do it is the way that we've been talking yeah if you're not happy with your current situation write down and describe the situation that would make you really happy write it down and i always say this write it down write it down write it down because it's it's almost it's almost like a measure how how, how can you tell if a person is going to be a big success is they have written goals and plans. Yeah. And if you, they, if you have written goals and plans, 
And then every day you'll start to attract into your life people and circumstances that move you towards your goal and that pull the goal toward you. And it's just a miracle. I mean, if, if people who are listening to this today will just do this, take a piece of paper, take a piece of paper and write down 10 goals that you would like to achieve in the next 12 months. Then review this. This is an exercise I put my, uh, my audiences through. Then what you do is you look at this list and you say, if you had a magic wand and you could wave a magic wand and accomplish any one goal on this list within 24 hours, which one goal would have the greatest positive impact on your life? And repeat that. Which one goal would have the greatest positive impact on your life? And put a circle around that goal. Think about it. It's, sometimes you know exactly what it is. Other times you have to think about it. But just put a circle around that. Then take and write it at the top of the page of a clean sheet of paper. And then write down, uh, how can I achieve this goal? And that's it, question mark. And then write down everything you can think of to do. Write it down, write it down, write it down. Keep writing and writing and writing and writing. And I could tell you, I could tell you stories that, 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 that just make your heart sing. I had this uh, gentleman come up to me in a seminar in Atlanta. And uh, he said, could Mr. Tracy, he said, could I um, talk to you for a minute? And we had 2,000 people there. It was the break. And I said, sure, because I always talk to people that want to talk. And he, then this guy was, was what, what I think the expression is buff. This guy, yeah. was, this yeah. guy was, was physically fit. He was great, strong face, strong jaw. He was, he was obviously an important person, good person. Yeah. And he said, Mr. Tracy, uh, 12 years ago, he said, I, uh, uh, I came to your seminar and I was living in the basement of my mother's house. And uh, somebody said, you should go to the seminar. He said, well, I can't afford it. He said, I'll pay for you to go to the seminar. And he said, well, okay. So he came to the seminar and he sat there. He said, and he said, what you need to do he said, and I, I remember this because Mark actually taught me this many years ago, is take and sit down and write down 100 goals that you would like to achieve in the years ahead. Not 99, not 101, just 100 goals. Yeah. And uh, so I said, but, but you're going to have to do some preparation, get some magazines and newspapers with all kinds of stuff in them that you'd like to have and uh, do it on a Sunday because uh, you're going to need to sit at your dining room table and lay it all out and then sit down and force yourself. It'll take you about two or three hours. And it's really a test to see if you want to be successful. He said, well, at that time, he said, I was broke, living in my mother's basement. I was in sales, but not very good, just surviving and so on. So he said, I, he walked out of there and he kept thinking, well, what do I got to lose? What have I got to lose if I write down 100 goals? So he went and he sat down and did everything, laid it all out, and he began writing goals, yeah. writing goals. Everything from a beautiful pair of shoes to a beautiful new car and a boat and a home and a beautiful um, wife and children and everything else. He was single, bachelor. And uh, so he wrote them down, wrote them down, wrote them down. He said, and you wrote them down on a, 
on a book like this. And then he put the book away in a drawer and went back to work. And um, two weeks ago, he uh, was moving to his dream house. He and his wife were moving. He was married, children, they're moving. And he was, un he was unpacking everything. And he found, he found the book. He oh. said, there is that book. He said, I, he hadn't even looked at it for 12 years. He said, oh, I'll be darned there. There it is. He said, I wonder, he said, I wonder how I did. So he, he opened it up and he started ticking, ticking it off. He ticked off one, achieved that, ticked off one, achieved that, wow. ticked off one, achieved that. One of his main goals, he was 24, geez. So he can. No, you're, can you hear me? I can hear you clearly. I'm just. I'm just oh. I, 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 okay. I still I still see you. You must have switched windows or something. There we go. I just touched something. So That's therefore, right. he, he's sticking it up. He said, my, my, you know, my main goal, he said, was to meet and marry the woman of my dreams. To meet and marry the woman of my dreams. And I said, and I was married to the woman of my dreams. Wow. It was to have two beautiful children. We had two beautiful children. He said, when he sat there, he said, well, who is the woman of my dreams? And he thought when he was going to high school, there was a girl who was really popular. She was the top cheerleader. She was, and I'm just, this, yeah. okay. I still see you. Okay. I'm trying to get, clear this off here. Oh. There we go. Uh, and and so um, he said, it was this, this girl, and she would uh, gone to high school with him when uh, he went to high school. It was two, yeah. and it was 200, 200 miles away. And he said, "Well, that would be the girl of my dreams. She was beautiful and popular and and everything." So he called a friend of his who lived in that town. He said, "You remember that girl? Do you know what happened to her?" Oh, he said, "I don't know myself, but I know one of her friends. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll check for you." So he called back and he said, "Yeah, she's working." Um, uh, in a company, and um, uh, I can get you her number. So he called her up, and he's out of the blue. He said, "Hi, uh, you don't remember me? We went to the same high school together." And and he was sort of like like you and I, you know, no <laughs> no mind, no fun. <laughs> and and he said, "And I'm coming to town for uh, a business meeting, and I wonder if I could take you out for lunch and just talk about what we've done since since school." And she was very nice about that. She said, sure, okay, that's, that, why not? And so he drove 200 miles. He didn't have any, he did not have any reason to be there. He drove 200 miles and he got there and uh, he went and met her for lunch, took her out for lunch and they hit it off. And he drove home, he called her again, drove back 200 miles, he kept doing this and they fell in love and they got married. He said it was the most amazing damn thing. It was, the right time for her, right time for me, and everything. He said, every single, he said, to get these goals off, one goal at a time, tick, tick, tick. He said, Brian, and he, and this is, I told you he's, he was a, like a, a buff guy. Yeah. He said, he started to get weak. He started to kind of, he said, Brian, he said, he said God damn, he said, everyone, he said, I'd accomplished Every one of the 100 goals, 
Wow. Everyone. And I had never seen, looked at this list before or again, but I had accomplished one and, and not one was unaccomplished. He said, I had the kids, I had the family, I have my own business, I'm a multimillionaire. He said, I, I got fitness and clothes and everything else. He said, it was, it was like a miracle. He said, and everything was there. Now, I tell you that because of our friends who are watching, is if you have the strength, the discipline, the power to write down 100 goals in the present tense, I earn, I have, I achieve, and so on, and write them down. What's going to happen is your life will transform. Your life will transform. It's almost like you're setting up a miracle power in the universe that will start to work. Now, here's the flip side of this: is what does it cost you? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you anything. <laughs> if you want to learn how to set goals, please go to BrianTracy.com and just download them. But if you yeah. just take a piece of paper, I say, I say, if you don't have a dollar at fifty-nine, your mother will buy it for you. She wants you out of the house anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so just. <laughs> Just get, get, get a binder. There's something about a binder. Get a binder and just write it down, write it down, write it down. And this gentleman said he accomplished all 100 goals. He said he's got he's got a life that was that, that was a dream. And that was a wonderful story. And it's true. And I've had similar stories like that for decades. Thousands of people over there, they write to me. They write it down. They tell me these stories. And so what does it cost? It doesn't cost you anything. Just take a piece of paper and the, the, the proof that you really want these things is you can write them down. And you may not believe in yourself now, but every time you write it down, the, the, your depth of belief will grow. You'll believe it deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's my uh, contribution to wow. your friends, Ken. And I thank you so much. For Brian, I am, so, you know, I, I mentioned to you in the first email that when I started this show, one of my goals was to have Brian Tracy on this show. And that was almost four years ago. And here you are. So um, I'm so grateful to you. I'm so grateful to our, our mutual friend, Mark Victor Hansen. Yes, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm blown away. Actually, I'm still in shock that you're on here with me right now, and you've shared so much wisdom worth thousands, millions of dollars. If people will just apply the nuggets to their lives, so thank you so much. If you don't mind, if you could hang on for me for just a minute, and we'll finish up. I'm going to end the live stream, and and then you and I'll jump back on real quick and chat. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. I want to thank everyone who's watched or listened. If you shared this out, there are extra brownies for you in heaven. Um, so please, if you haven't shared this out, you can redeem yourself right now and share this out. Thank you so much to everyone. Thank you all. Brian, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.